the hiddenness in the light of God. Many of us go through difficult times in our lives, times of loss and sadness. In such times, our connections with God can be painful. We ask him, where are you? We ask, is this what he really wants? That we suffer? We wonder, why is he acting like this towards us, towards me? David HaMelech, King David, actually led a most difficult life, a life of pain and hardship, a life in which the ups and downs of life could not have been more greatly accentuated. From a quiet time as a shepherd boy, he was catapulted into greatness in his epic stand against Goliath. He became the favourite of King Saul, but then Saul's love turned to jealousy and David had to flee from him. Later, he was anointed king by the prophet Samuel, but again he had to flee into the wilderness. His life was not safe. When he was king, he deeply wanted to build the temple for God in Jerusalem, but was told by God that he was not fit to do so because he had spent his life fighting wars, God's wars. But probably the most painful episode of his life came when he was already crowned king and he had the anguish of a beloved child, Absalom, rebelling against him. And yet, despite the history of his life, David is called the sweet singer of Israel. His psalms were written through the inspiration of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, and occupy an unrivaled place in our prayers and in the expression of our deepest spiritual feelings. When in time of trouble, Many Jews turn to Psalms. In the Psalms, we find we are not alone. David HaMelech has been there before us and in his consciousness is with us now. The Psalm that we are going to learn today, Psalm 63, opens by telling us that David said this Psalm when he was in the Judean desert. This is a part of Israel that is full of caves and rocks It is completely arid and even today is not inhabited. It is probable that this psalm was written when he was running away from his son Absalom. Absalom was a beloved son and it is hard to imagine any situation as painful as the one David found himself in. This is how the psalm opens. A song of David when he was in the Judean desert. O God, My God, you, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in an arid and thirsty land without water. Yes, I saw you in holiness, seeing your strength and your glory. For your kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. Where did David find the strength to praise God in this situation? And this is a question that the Zohar also asks in its own way. Rabbi Abba opened the scripture. This is a psalm of David that he composed when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Rabbi Abba asks, why does this psalm start by telling us where David was? Most of the other psalms don't say where David was when he gave praise. What is different 
that this song should say where he was when he said it. But this is not the only psalm that we have like this. For we also have the psalm that David said when he disguised his sanity before Avimelech, when he was running away from Saul, and the psalm he said when the Zephim came to Saul. These and others were all psalms that David wrote when he was in trouble. Rabbi Abba answers, The circumstance of the psalm is noted in order to show the people of the world the greatness of David, that even though he was in great trouble and being pursued, he would still try to say songs and praises to the Holy Blessed One. Rabbi Abba continues, David would say the psalm through the Holy Spirit descending on him. Nevertheless, the Holy Spirit would not have inspired him unless he had already first made the effort that it should do so. This is true in every case. The Holy Spirit does not inspire a man from above unless the person has awakened it from below. David, even though he was being pursued and he was in trouble, he did not leave off singing his song and his praises to his Lord for everything. The Zohar continues, In some Psalms, we can clearly see that the initiative originated with David, when the Psalm begins, Le David, Mismon. Mismon is the word for the Holy Spirit that is inspiring him for song. In the Psalms that start, Le David, Mismon, Le David is first, and then we have Mismor, the Holy Spirit. First, David creates the vessel for the song, and then the Holy Spirit comes. But there are other psalms, including the one we are studying here, which begin Mismor, Le David, which seem to imply that first the Holy Spirit did descend on David, and then he sang. But the Zohar answers, if David had not had the prior intention of praising, the Holy Spirit would not have rested on him. In other words, there were times when David was really able to make a complete vessel to sing his praises to God, and then the light of the Holy Spirit would come to him and he would compose his psalm, as in the psalms that start Le David Mismore. But in other times, he maybe couldn't make the whole vessel, but at least he tried. He gave forth the intention to give praise, and this intention alone was enough to allow the Holy Spirit to rest on him. I find this idea very inspiring. When we're in trouble, we often don't find it possible to turn to God. We feel so hurt and abandoned. But the Zohar is teaching us, even when we can't, just telling God that we would like to pray, that we want to connect with him, is enough. This is still a prayer, this is still an intention that God answers. Rabbi Baruch Shalom Ashlag, in his book Sefer Ma'amurim, his book of articles on the inner work of serving God, teaches us again and again that ultimately, not only the light comes from God, but also the vessel as well. And when we don't have the vessel, we need to pray for it. And this is indeed the response of the Zohar. It says the Holy Spirit would not have rested on David if he had not had the intention of praising. And so the first step 
always came from the man, always came from David. The Zohar continues. The Holy Spirit is called Mizmor. The word Mizmor is derived from the word Zemer, meaning a song. But the makeup of the word, which is unusual, has the connotation of being continually in the present tense. Because the Malchut, which is the Holy Spirit, is continually praising the High King and is never quiet. So when the Holy Spirit rested on David, whose own essence is that of the Malchut, he brought the continual praise of the Malchut, which is in the spiritual realm, down into this world, and thus revealed in this world the songs and praises of the Malchut to the King, the Holy Blessed One, and thus rectified this world in tune with a higher world. The Zohar goes on. David was a perfect man in his rectifications, a man who was completely rectified at Tzadik. David never changed, no matter what his situation. He was the same, whether in a time of ease or in a time of trouble. David, even though he is in the wilderness of Yehuda, and he was in sorrow, and they're chasing after him, would sing praises to God. And what praise? His praise is great and precious. The Zohar asks, what is the great virtue of this praise? The psalm starts, Elohim, Eli, Ata, Ashacharecha. O God, my God, you, I will seek you. The Zohar asks the question, since David has already said Elohim, which is the highest of the names of God, why does he need to say the other names for God also, since Elohim includes the other names? To understand the question, we need to first know what a name of God is. A name of God is a vessel for the light of God. According to our spiritual consciousness, we form a vessel for the light of God. And it is the light of God in that particular vessel which gives it a name. For example, if we got better from a serious illness, we would experience God as the healer of the sick. And that is what we would call him, Rufei Cholim. I will never forget seeing Natan Sharansky at the Western Wall on his arrival in Israel and making the blessing Baruch Matir Asurim. Blessed are you who releases the prisoners. For that is the name that Natan knew him as. So every name of God is actually a specific vessel. It is a consciousness for the light of God. The Zohar points out that these three names of God in the psalm, Elohim, Eli and Atah, therefore denote three different vessels for the light of God, which David unified into one single consciousness. The name Elohim is the highest name and is at the level of the Sefirah of Bina. Eli is at the level of the Sefirah Zer Ampin. And Ata is David's own level, the level of the Sefirah Malchut. Each Sefirah representing a different level of consciousness. The level of Bina representing where the light of Chochmah is present in the stage, the level of Zerampin 
representing the light of giving to God, and Atah, the Malchut, the level of consciousness in which we come to God in faith. And even though these are three different consciousnesses, David unified them all as one. The next word of the psalm, Ashacharecha, literally means, I will seek you. And the Zohar tells us that this is a true meaning. But it continues that this word also has a deeper meaning in addition to its literal simple meaning. Ashacharecha is from the Hebrew word shachor, meaning darkness. Indeed, the name of the morning prayer, shacharit, comes from the same word, shachor, because we begin the prayer in the dark, moving from the darkness to the light. Ashacharecha. David rectified the light which shines in the dark. The Baal Sulam, in his commentary, the Perusha Sulam, teaches what the Zohar here is meaning. There is light present at this level of consciousness. It is indeed a very great light. It is the direct light of God, the Order Chochmah. But it appears to us as black light because we cannot receive this great light directly. It is present, for God's light is always present, but it is dark to us because the souls need to receive it only with a garment of unconditional giving. And so it is called black light or shachor. It is the light that is present, b'shacharut, in the dark, and it cannot shine until we rectify it with the light of giving from our side. This black light, the light of Chochmah, thus needs to be clothed in the light of Hasadim, the light of unconditional giving, in order to shine. We attract the light of Hasadim through our prayers and our good deeds that are performed unconditionally and through our acts of faith. It is this light that provides the garment in which the light of the revelation of God can be clothed, and then the black light may shine. The Zohar continues, Whoever rectifies this black light, even though it is black, merits the white light that shines, and this is the light of the shining mirror, which is the Arampin, and this is the person who merits the spiritual consciousness of the next world. And this is the inner meaning of the scripture in Proverbs, Those who search for me will find me. And again, the word used for searching is umashacharai, those who search for me in the dark, those who rectify the black light, who clothe the light of God with the light of unconditional giving, and then yimtsu'uneini, they will find me. Listen to the sound of the word yimtsu'uneini. It has a double consonant. This the Zohar teaches us is a hint that the person merits both to the black light which didn't shine, the order Chochmah, that is at the level of Bina, and is at the name of God, Elohim, and the white light, which clothes the black light, which is the name of God, Eli, and is at the level of the Zerah Anpin, and is the light of Hasadim, which shines. And then there is Atta, 
the work of the prayer and faith by the Malchut, which gives the name of God, Atta. And then the person himself merits to all these three lights. And thus all three levels of spiritual consciousness are united together as one. And this is what David HaMelech taught when he combined three lights together. Elohim, Eli, Ata. O oh God, my God, you. The Zohar finishes this teaching. The verses say, Tzama lecha nafshi. My soul is thirsty for you. My flesh longs for you, as one who is hungry to eat and thirsty to drink. And this is our situation, when the light of God is present but is not shining, because it lacks the garment of loving-kindness. But it is important to remember that Kol Yisrael Arevim Zelazer. We are mutually responsible for each other. We are, in our essence, all one soul. We all form the Knesset Yisrael. One person's suffering is our suffering. If the light of God is not shining for one of us, then it is not shining to some extent for all of us. And all of us, together, need to do the work of providing the garment of the loving-kindness. We pray and give good deeds in each other's merits. And then the light of God will be able to shine forth and not be hidden for any of us. Indeed, as David continues, Ken Bakodesh Chazitiha. Yes, in holiness I have seen you. Lirot Uzcha Uchvodecha. Seeing your strength and your glory. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahora School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahora School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.